stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams and running away. But I got a chance, I'm running my play. I want that none of y'all take it away. I'll never change, I'm stuck in my ways. Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, Get to have authentic and open conversations about things like, you know, mental health, pushing past struggles and adversity, whether that be in your personal life, your work life, or maybe some entrepreneurial stuff that you're going through, or maybe it's just about your mental or physical health. At the end of the day, all I'm trying to do is really just push good vibes into the universe and speak about overcoming those struggles that are preventing us from really just getting to that pursuit of happiness. Now, if you're brand new to this content, then that's exactly what you're going to hear on a regular basis. And I'm inviting you right now to follow this journey with me and hear different perspectives from different people that have gone through different things and how that's helped shape them and how we can learn from that as well. And if you're not new to this content, if you have been following along with it, if you've heard it before, then thank you so much for supporting this notion and the movement that, you know, nobody really is alone with what they're dealing with, no matter how it seems sometimes. And all I do ask is that maybe you refer this kind of content to a friend who is going through some struggles right now, has been through some struggles, or really just wants to push their life in a better direction. Now, today, I got to speak with Mo Zane. Muhammad is a guy that I've known for years and years, but recently we've reconnected because of a couple of shared interests. He and I actually did a little bit of volunteering together downtown. But recently we've kind of reconnected because he's kind of starting his own business and I was really interested in hearing about it. So we're going to jump straight into this conversation. You can find him on Instagram at 604 underscore decor. But first, listen to this conversation because I know you're going to enjoy it just as much as I did. All right, bang. There we go. We're recording. What's going All on right. with Mozane? Say what's up. What's up? Hey guys. So hey Mark. You, so Mo is, you know, a guy that I can relate to quite a lot because he's working his full-time job. He's got his side hustle going as well on the side. But we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. You can find him on Instagram at 604 underscore decor, D-E-C-O-R. Uh, he makes a lot of, you know, refurbished uh, furniture. But I'll let him get into it. Give yourself a little introduction. And I just kind of told people where they can find you on Instagram. Beauty, thanks a bunch. Um, well, basically what I do is I take reclaimed wood um, or I break down old furniture and I make new things, either furniture or decor. Um, I try to limit the carbon footprint um, to prevent the need for virgin trees. So use what we have, make new things from it. Beautiful, yeah. man. And so that that's uh, that's kind of like what you're doing on the side. You're obviously making a bit of money off that as well. You're loving it. But um, what, what do you do like full-time during the day? Well, full-time, I'm actually an education assistant. So what that entails is I teach kids with autism and other special needs. So I work in the school district. Um, that's my Monday to Friday, nine to five kind of deal. Uh, everything else is on the side. I feel you, man. I, I, I do something pretty similar. I obviously, I work a day job. YouTube doesn't pay all the bills. So I, right. I, I definitely got to work as well, man. So what would, which one would you say is kind of like more 
like mentally taxing for you starting your own business or working because you know being an ea is not like the easiest job ever right so um you'd be surprised that working with the kids is the easiest part of the job the hardest oh, yeah. part is dealing with your coworkers. <laughs> really um uh, yeah uh, i'm not going to go into too much detail because i don't want to put anybody down um but you'd be surprised that the type of things that we teach kids on the playground is are things that we have to learn ourselves to apply in real life in our adult lives. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like kids, kids sometimes, you know, it's not that they absorb information easier, but they are just kind of accepting and open-minded a lot, a lot for the most part, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like a lot of younger kids respect authority more. Um, not to say that we don't respect authority, but we're, we're more willing to challenge yeah. our higher ups, but we just do what we want. Mm. When you're, when you're a kid, you can't always do what you want. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know how much more to go into that one, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that though. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people would probably feel the exact same way about the coworkers that they work with. So with 604 decor, like when, when exactly did you start doing that? Um, I think about it. 2017 was when I really started. I tried to build myself a portfolio. Um, funny, I didn't really start building furniture. Can I go off on a little tangent here? Yeah, absolutely. You say whatever you like. This is your, your video, man. All right, man. So basically what I started, <laughs> I wanted to refinish furniture. I wanted to take old furniture, refinish paint, new stain, and go from there. I thought that was where I could make some good coin. Um, but very quickly people started asking me to make things for them and I just wanted to make things for fun, but people had already started asking. So I jumped on board with that and I started to love it. And I looked at refinishing furniture as more of a pain than, and less rewarding than actually making something with my bare hands from scratch. Mm -hmm. Not to shoot it down because there's some people that do, and they do an amazing job. Um, for me, I have found more love in building things. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, just kind of making your own project, right? Yeah. So that was three years ago. And then for the first six months, almost a year, I was kind of building a portfolio, mm -hmm. making a name for myself. And a lot of it was just word of mouth, right? Um, and Instagram has been my number one outlet. So big thank you to my followers. That's sick, man. So how did you, like, how did you kind of get into like even just doing like the refinishing with furniture. Cause I feel like, you know, we've kind of grown up in the same neighborhood. We've always known each other. Like I, I never really knew that you were into like woodworking until just like a couple years ago. So how, how did you get into like refinishing furniture in the first place? Fair point. And honestly, funny story. I never took woodworking in high school. <laughs> um, I think this was about maybe four or five years ago. I, I had a headboard in my room and it looked, terrible I was like you know I'm gonna paint this I'm gonna make it look good and I started and I thought hey I can make money doing this mm -hmm. um, and then I had to move we our family we moved different houses here and there and then finally we landed at a spot and we have a shop and that's when I was able to during the time while we were waiting before moving here I did all my business planning and did my planning <laughs> more or less and then I just started kicking off from there that's sweet, man. And so what, at what point, 
I guess kind of when people started asking you to, you know, build things, I was going to say, at what point did you kind of start to think like, I'm going to make a business doing this? Um, right away, honestly, I I've always had this type of, I could do a side hustle mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, never really knew where to go, where to start. I'm not the most techie guy. I'm more of a hands-on guy, a service kind of guy. Um, I like doing things for people. Yeah. Um, this one just kind of clicked because it felt so rewarding to transform something from garbage. What some people would see as garbage to something new. Right. And I, I also, the part that it's sustainable and it's recycling, it's refurbishing, it's saving footprint in the landfill. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that opens the eyes to a lot of people. And I thought that was pretty appealing. Yeah. I think that it's, I think that it's something that people are becoming a lot more conscientious of is like what they're actually like, kind of, you know, how, how they're impacting the planet, but also like these things are kind of cool. Like I feel like once you know that your friend is starting a business, then you kind of not feel obligated, but you almost want to support them. You want to, you know, if you get something in your house that's custom built, that's a lot cooler than having something that's from like Ikea, in my personal opinion. Totally. Now, no disrespect to Ikea because it takes a lot of work to put the furniture together. Yeah. And people give up halfway through and they want somebody else to do it. Right. Um, But hundred percent, like you said, you want to support a friend. I've had a lot of that. Most of, most of my customers have been friends or old friends. Mm-hmm. That's the amazing thing about this is people that I haven't seen in 10 plus years and a little bit less than that are hitting me up and saying, hey, can you build me this? Mm-hmm. So it's great. I get to reconnect with old friends, make new friends, um, make new clientele. It's, it's really good for networking as well. Yeah, that's sick. And I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of a great way to kind of reconnect with people. I feel like once you see someone kind of you know, I don't know if you felt this, but once you see someone kind of like step outside of their comfort zone or start to do a project in the open, like once they kind of make that commitment, you're kind of like, for me, it kind of piques interest. It's like, oh, what do they have going on there? Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty sick. You know, I see when, when people take a step out and start to do something like it, it is a cool way to reconnect with someone because you see them put energy out and you're like, hey, man, I kind of want to you know, either watch this or be involved. Like it's something that, yeah, having a story like that where you just come out and start a company is is pretty sweet, man. I'm happy. No doubt. And what what I'm really grateful for and we should be grateful for is that those people are our foundation, Mm -hmm. right? The people that do know us, even though we haven't seen them in five plus to 10 years, they still know who we are and they're still willing to be supportive of us, right? Without them, they wouldn't have given us that start yeah 100 percent, right so what what kind of like what was the first like big challenge that you faced when you were starting up your own like little side hustle like what was something that you struggled with (laughs) probably the limitation of tools yeah um i only had so much money invested into it but i didn't have all of it invested in tools Mm -hmm. so i really had to make do with what i had and i feel the tools thing like you'll never be satisfied with how many tools you have you always want something new or you want the next best thing or yeah you think you don't have enough so you got to make do with what you have that's what i found my biggest thing it was a challenge but it allowed me to do the best that i could with what i had Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, and i feel like that could be a huge thing like it 
it's always kind of in my head. Like when I want to start something, I'm always like, Oh, I'll wait until, you know, I have everything until I start. Right. But I feel like never have everything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like I was just talking with someone last week and they were saying like, you you just got to think less and do more, man. Like just kind of, you know, like, yeah, you don't have all the tools yet, but you can get started. You're right. Like work with what you got and see what you can do right yeah i'd say another thing is knowledge right sometimes you don't know until you're you're knee deep in the water and you just got to start swimming right so knowledge on the woodworking itself like i didn't have a whole lot of experience a lot of knowledge i have a youtube degree in woodworking (laughs) um that's sweet though man fun to say because it surprises a lot of people sometimes i do wish i did have that extra foundation of education but it's it's a lot slower of a process to learn but i'm glad i am going full from mm-hmm. and so when you were kind of dealing with you know not having the right tools and just kind of you know starting off with like not as much like i guess capital or assets as you wanted to like how did you kind of overcome that challenge like what were, what, were, what were some of the techniques you used or some of the uh, ideas that you used um, I avoided using certain materials. So for example, I started a lot with pallet wood. Pallet wood was free. It was easy to get a hold of, but the downside was a lot of it was dirty and it was a headache to take apart. Um, when I first started making something, I'll get into that in a bit. But what I tried to do was just use wood that didn't require as much work to take apart or that didn't require so much sanding or planing, right? Um, If it's already in good shape, then I can build something a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cut corners, right? Um, So that did involve buying new wood at times, just make a couple Home Depot runs. And that was okay because it allowed me to practice. Mm -hmm. And I try to use as much as I could without actually wasting anything, right? Yeah. Um, uh, For example, I'm going to, show you something right now sweet before i started anything real i started with a dinky 20 30 year old sander this palm sander right here now it's finally breaking down and i built a bed with nothing but a miter saw a table saw and this sander wow a full queen size bed made from pallets just with that wow and of course uh drills um, and then I started upgrading and I got my, my orbit sander and I got my belt sander it made a big difference. Yeah. So it was a slow process, but what I started with was very minimal, right? Yeah. But now you've kind of got this like evolution. Now you have two sanders, man. I got two sanders. I got myself a planer. Now I can speed things up a lot. That's sick, man. And yeah. so like where like what takes up i guess like a lot of like your headspace like when you're at work when you're in ea and you're at the school like are you think are you present all the time there are you thinking about projects you have to build like what's kind of like how does that go out um it's a mix of everything um hope my coworkers don't hear this but yeah most of the time i am thinking about what i'm going to do in the shop <laughs> i think they know that to be honest with you um yeah, I do get I do get stressed because it is a time management thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's I'm at work when I could be doing other things. I could be completing this order, 
or this order I haven't been able to start yet because ABC one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. It's pressing. It's just it's the time for sure. Yeah. So like, cause the last time we kind of hung out and we were just chatting about that, you were talking about, you know, time management being like one of your biggest struggles right now. And no so like what, uh, is it just like time getting in the shop? Is it like because it takes so much time to prep and clean after? Like what um, What would you say is like the most time consuming thing? Or is it mainly like the paperwork and administration stuff? Paperwork and administration is something I usually touch last, which is probably not a good thing, right? <laughs> um, I should be on top of that before I even walk into the shop. Dude, everyone's got their strengths, man. And strength stretches, no doubt. Um, I think it's just taking on more than I can handle and then not knowing how to balance it all. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm more of a yes man where I want to please everybody. I want to say yes to everything. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Well, and it's so, like, kind of, it feels good. Right. When you do a lot of things for people, like obviously it feels good. Right. So I don't blame you. It's really rewarding. No doubt. And then most of my customers, I would want to say almost all of them have been very patient and understanding. When I, when I explain my situation, most of them are very patient. Um, so I don't think it's my clients or customers that are what press me for, for time. It's more myself. Mm-hmm. It's more the battle that I have within. Yeah. 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 Setting like your own kind of, you know, time constraints or deadlines, that kind of stuff. No doubt. That's sweet, man. And so how do you kind of cope with that? Like, cause if you're, like if you're working a full time Monday to Friday and then you're doing your side hustle as well, you also have to see your friends and family. Like how, how do you kind of cope with, you know, thinking about your next move all the time? I want to try and ask that question again. But I like, like, uh, how, like, I guess like, like, how do you not go insane, man? Like trying to like <laughs> kind of, that sounds, like, that sounds better. Yeah, like how do you how do you like how do you stay calm and stay kind of present if you're like always kind of scheduling your next thing? Um, exercise is a big thing, to be honest with you. If I didn't have a gym, there was a, there was a time during lockdown I did not have a gym and I had to try and do what I could, and that involved working more and that was more stressful. Um, but when I am pressed, what what does cope help me cope is working with a kid. Yeah, a kid doesn't have a bit of stress compared to what we have when when you're able to let go like a kid does um that that load gets off your shoulders for sure now that's not something everybody can do you don't want to be that creepy guy hanging out with kids um (laughs) it's my job (laughs) um but i'd say exercise has been a big thing having the gym my gym open up again has helped a lot nice man what gym are you going to Sports Central in Richmond. They are open and they are taking new members. Yeah, I just... They're open 24 hours. Dude, they are... Yeah, I just... I actually just got a three-month pass there as well. I'll be honest, man. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Sweet, so I'll see you there. (laughs) Yeah, I've been going there a couple times a week, man, just to... Like you said, man, just kind of unwind. And uh, anytime I have like an hour and a half window, I'm like, I'm just going to go quick, zip in. I was yeah. like you, man, going a little bit nuts during quarantine. I was doing a lot more cardio than I wanted to. And, uh, well, it was nice. It was nice to change things up, man. I can't really say that I, I hated it because it was pretty fun, man. Mm-hmm. When, uh, 
when you were starting off, like, did you have any like fears or anxieties, like anything that was kind of like, like uh, maybe holding you back or something that you were fearful of? Uh, I'd say back to the paperwork, which it's still kind of an anxiety. I'd say is um, like not having much education in terms of business, accounting, bookkeeping. I have to kind of learn everything on my own. Mm -hmm. And you can only learn so much from YouTube when it comes to that. You kind of need a lot of experience or somebody to kind of hold your hand, right? Or go to school for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say that was one of my biggest stretches when starting was how do I manage all this? Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm still learning, right? Mm -hmm. And so, well, like, how did you, did you have to talk yourself over, you know, like, you know what, let's just start this anyways? Like, or did, were you just kind of gung-ho anyways from the get-go? Totally. It's a lot easier to chop a piece of wood than to do your taxes, right? So <laughs> I start with the project and then deal with the rest later, which is probably not a good, uh, good strategy. But now recently, I'll, I'll have notebooks. I have multiple notebooks. I have drawing pads. I'm always sketching something out. And if I can keep each project on a page, that's great because then I can always refer back to it. Mm -hmm. That that does ease the stress rather than keeping it in my head. It's on paper. Yeah, and so forget things. Yeah, and so when did you start like kind of like writing everything down and like start journaling and start well not journaling but you know keeping like a notebook, keeping like more of like an itemized like uh, way to organize your thoughts. Well, I'd say right before I started the woodworking, I was already taking notes and studying how to do things. Um, probably about the six month mark was when I started knowing that I had to start budgeting things. Yeah. I had to know what's coming in, what's going out. And that's when I really kind of got a little bit more organized with my notes and I have my highs and lows. Some months are better at, at managing better. Some aren't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the exact same with my stuff. Like sometimes I'm just so spot on and so diligent with it. And then other times I'm like, Dude, I have to catch up. I've got three weeks, four weeks of paperwork just sitting here. Like, it's time to buckle down, man. Yeah. It gets Sometimes you just got to dedicate a few hours. Just sit. No distractions. Phone off. Yeah, I find weekend mornings to be that time, man. Yeah. I don't know why. For me. Everyone's like, still asleep. Yeah, it's like, for me, it's like a weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday morning is like the perfect time for that, man. So how, if you, this is like kind of like a random question, but I'm kind of similar, it sounds like, but how come you don't uh, keep it on a computer or keep it on your phone? Like how come you would choose to write it down pen and paper? Uh, one, my computer broke and I just haven't gone around to buying another one. My phone works. I do use a bookkeeping app, which is pretty helpful, but sometimes it's hard when you do everything out of one bank account. Um, because it's a side hustle, it's not a full-time income yet. So I feel like the, the fees and interest and everything that go, comes with a business account doesn't really justify what I'm taking in yet. Mm -hmm. So having things on paper, I'm not going to lose it. If it's on my phone, there's a chance of me just forgetting to open the app or um, even going into that folder or that notepad. Um, on paper, I know it's concrete and I'm not going to accidentally delete it. Yeah. 
That's sick, man. I actually, I'm like really similar. I write like literally everything down. I otherwise, I don't know if I have like short-term memory loss or if it's because of like ADHD, but I just like, if, if I don't write something down, I'm going to forget it. Like if you tell me something and then five minutes later and ask me the same thing, nine times out of 10, I forget it. I have to write like literally like everything down. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny sometimes because I have like a smaller version of my notebook that I'll carry with me and write down things I have to put in my main notebook. And it's kind of funny sometimes just to like pull that out in public and people are like, what are you doing? Like, it's kind of funny, man. I like it though. It helps me then. It, like I said, it helps me stay focused. It helps me stay organized. And for me, like I'm kind of like you described, like I kind of, you know, I'll let things slide if I don't, if they're not at the front of my mind and they're not like, I can work on it right now. I kind of always just put it on the back burner and mm -hmm. I'll forget if I don't have it written down. Like I'll, cause I'll just focus on what's in front of me, what I can do right now. Right. Like that's kind of how I am as well. So writing things down, man, that's like one of the biggest things that helps me out. For sure. And like you mentioned, ADHD, um, undiagnosed for me, but I, I know there's something going on. I'm thinking about a million things at the same time. Um, if it's not, even if it's written down for me, I find I wind up writing multiple notes on different notepads and notebooks. And I try to accumulate them all together and say, okay, where was this? Yeah. Where did I write it down? I find that's also another issue. Um, I'm working on it. Yeah. I try to keep a designated book for each different, each different subject. Yeah. I found that I did, I did that quite a bit. Like I do have, you know, one for like, it depends on what I'm focusing on. Like right now I'm kind of focusing a little bit more on, on finances. So I have one that I just track like a lot of my expenses in depending on what it is. And uh, other than that, I just keep like a master notebook for everything. Cause it's just kind of like, it's, for me, like, it's just the process of, you know, going through and organizing through my thoughts. Okay. This still has to be done. You know, this I can do today. This is going to be later in the week kind of thing. So it lowers my anxiety quite a lot. Like, it's just kind of like a, yeah, like an exercise of just like kind of organizing my thoughts. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel you there. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, it almost sounds like what you do during the day, instead of like adding to your stress, it sounds like it's almost like, like a release for you. Like, it sounds like you're kind of getting like a little bit of re like recovery from it, like working with the kids and, and helping with their education. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely, um, an escape for sure. Working with the kids is, is a release. Um, I try not to get involved with my business work. I can try to keep them separate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes if I have to reply to email on, on my lunch break or something, I do that. But I try to keep it separate. Mm -hmm. And it, it's good. It's a good way to, to jump back and forth. That's pretty wicked. Did you always know you were going to have a side hustle? Because I feel like a lot of people, excuse me, I feel like a lot of people don't really develop like the mindset, like I want to have a side hustle until they're at a job that they hate. And they just like, oh, I don't want to have a boss anymore. I'm sick of this job. I just want to start my own thing. So like, it's almost like kind of refreshing and it's kind of cool to hear like, Hey man, I'm starting a side hustle, but I also have a full-time job that I love. And that's what like kind of rejuvenates me. That's cool. I find that is a big thing for a lot of people 
they, they work their desk job and then they want to do something more hands-on. For me, this was actually my plan before I even started both. Hmm. I wanted to have a full-time job and a side hustle. Like, even if I loved the job, that way I could do both things that I love. Mm -hmm. How come you wanted to do that? Like, I feel like it's rare to find someone that's just like, yeah, I want to work like a full-time job. And then I also want to work on the side and do something else that I like. Like, I just want to take on two hobbies that'll make me money. Because that's kind of what a job is. It's like a hobby that makes you money, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, by having your own side hustle, it's in your hands. Um, you are in control of what you do, when you work, who you work for. Um, I didn't want to go straight into woodworking as a full-time job working for somebody. I wanted it to be at my own pace. I knew that working with kids was something I 100% loved. And it was extremely rewarding. Uh, the woodworking, it's, it, I think it was more of fear of getting into trades. Just because I didn't know what it was like. I know what working with kids is like because we were a kid. We were kids yeah. once. So um, I think that's, that was like a little bit of a fear factor to it. Um, now I wouldn't mind jumping into a trade. Field, right? But now that I feel a little more confident. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think that, could you see a future where like, you don't have to tell me which one it would be or anything like that, but could you see a future where you would just pick like to do one of these things? If it could like give you X amount of money and X amount of, you know, satisfaction, whatever it was, like, could you see yourself just having like one thing going or do you think you'll always kind of be doing the same thing that you're doing now? I hope not. I'd hope that like a five-year plan kind of deal or four-year plan by 30, um, I'd be doing one thing because let's say if I have a family and I'm working 12 hours, I don't, I don't really have much of a family, do I? Right. Um, may not, may not have one for long. So I do would like to ideally have some one thing that, mm -hmm. that is concrete. That is what keeps, keeps the bills being paid and keeps the luxuries going. Um, and I know, I know me, I'm a hands-on guy. I'm always doing something, but if I, if, I were, if I were to do something else, it would be another side hustle, probably, but not as intense as the one I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's definitely a uh, – man, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's definitely a – is it a labor of love? Is that what it is? Is that what the saying is? It's definitely like one of those things where, you know, it's it's a job that takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, but – you know, you get a lot more than just money for it. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Like, it's, yeah, I, that it's like, it rewards you. Like, there's a feeling you get when you build something, man. For sure. And I get that with working with kids as well. That's why it's kind of hard to choose between the two. Um, ideally, like, where my heart would go is to teach people woodworking. So I get to yeah. be a teacher and a woodworker at the same time, right? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, that's, I'd say, long-term would be an awesome place. Do you think you'd want to do that in a high school? Like, do you want to stay with, you know, ki like people that are obviously like mine, like kids? Or do you think you'd be like in an adult learning environment? Do you think you'd be like running your own shop? I'd like say people, like kids, kids would be the best place to be because teenagers and younger – their, their minds are a lot more malleable, right? They're a lot more open to learning new things. Adults as well, but I find adults 
are a lot more set in certain things. Not mm-hmm. to shoot adults down, but I feel like kids are a lot easier to teach than adults. Yeah. You know? Um, maybe. Like, if I wanted to work with, have, have run workshops, teach adults how to build things. Who cares? I like teaching. I like yeah. building things. So to put the two together would be fun, regardless of who it is. Yeah, no kidding, man. And so besides, like, kind of the obvious of, you know, getting to make people feel comfortable, make people feel happy in a learning environment, like, what are the rewards that you get kind of from being an EA at a school? Well, like I mentioned, the kind of kids that I work with, um, a lot of them do have autism. So a few of them don't talk, right? So when I started that job, I wanted to be the voice for kids that don't have a know what I mean so a lot of there's a lot of stereotypes and stigmas around people with special needs people that have autism and people have a lot of judgments around that and at the end of the day they're just people like you and me that they just can't live the life that you and I live so ultimately my goal was to be the voice for them nice man and so how's that kind of been How's like your experience been? Cause that's kind of like how you were feeling when you were going into it. Like how's the experience been so far? Have you been able to be that voice? Did, did you kind I'd, of, I'd like, say so. yeah. Did you think that you kind of exceeded what you thought? Yeah. Um, I worked with the same, I've been working with the same kid for over three years now or almost three years. Sorry. And, and the difference that has been made with him, not just for myself, but like the whole team that works with him. Right. Mm-hmm. He went from a kid who couldn't say a single word when I first met him to now knowing more than 50 words. Wow. And he can, he can speak for himself now when he needs to. That's so I'd say that's, that's a huge accomplishment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you see it. It's a, it, like, it takes time, but the reward is there. Mm-hmm. And so sure. what kind of, like, what's, what's kind of, I mean, you can't, like, I don't really want you going into, you know, sharing other people's stories and stuff like that. But, like, what's kind of one thing that, you know, I guess really shocked you about, like, what some kids struggle with? Because, you know, it's it's crazy. It's crazy when you see, like, someone that has, you know, any adversity that they have to face and you see them out in public and, you know, maybe you see them trying to cross the street or eat at a restaurant and they're struggling. You see it there, right? But there's so many things that happen behind the scenes, I feel like, that nobody really sees. Like, was there anything that kind of shocked you that, you know, these kids struggle with or someone has to deal with? I'd say it's, it's the anxieties. Um, at the end of the day, I'd say everybody has anxiety. You can't say that one person does not have a single bit of anxiety. Everybody has something that's inside that they can't let out. So for these kids who can't speak, they can't express their frustrations. So that was, that was a surprising thing to see that a kid who could talk still had similar anxieties that a kid who couldn't talk. And I'd say that gave me a lot more sympathy or even empathy, right? To, to know that they're just like you and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. So like, what are, some of the ways like, cause you know, we always hear about like your stereotypical ways that people kind of, you know, tell you if you're having an anxiety attack, you know, sit down, breathe, that kind of stuff. 
is the procedure any different when you're trying to calm someone else down that's kind of a little bit anxious or not at all it's actually kind of funny that um when i see a kid having a breakdown whether he has special needs or not um any kid who's who's having a panic attack or a moment where they just cannot handle their emotions sitting down and breathing really is the best thing to do and when i'm the one that's initiating that breathing it calms me down in turn as well right yeah yeah, which which is obviously helpful because if you're in an elevated state and they're at an elevated state, then everyone's like kind of high energy and it's just... Somebody needs to be the voice of reason in that situation, so... Yeah. Usually it's the adult. Yeah, no kidding, most of the time. But sometimes you never know, man. Adults can be just as crazy. We're nuts, That's man. True. What um? So with that, like, have you had any, like, stories you'd say or times that you've had when you were in EA, like, did you have anything that changed your life so far? Uh, I'd say it, it helped my confidence for having kids because I am in an education system now. I get to see the other side of the fence or the other side behind the closed doors, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when we're students, we always wonder, what are these teachers talking about? What kind of lives do they have? Um, how do they do what they do? Now They're I not see robots. It. You know, sometimes I think some of them are. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the robots are probably usually the ones that do the best job. Yeah, no kidding. They just turn oh. off and they sit in the teach. That's why no one's allowed in the teacher's lounge, man. That's where they all plug in. No, because in. that's where they that's where they recharge. We plug that's in our they, batteries and that's where they all plug in, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely the cool thing for so to learn how kids learn to learn the developmental mind of a child um, has really helped me for, let's say, if and when I have kids, I'll know, I'll have a good idea of what to do. Mm-hmm. So you feel a lot more confident that way. Has it, yeah. has it helped you build confidence in any other way at all? Um, conflict resolution, for sure. Yeah. And professionalism. Working in an industry like that, you really have to watch what you say, how you, how you behave. Uh, coming from my first job was cooking and I was a cook for almost five years. Um, the environment is totally different. Uh, the type of language you use is a lot more different from working with kids or even working in a professional environment. So I'd say that's a big thing. Yeah. You were, uh, you guys probably had a no cussing rule in the kitchen. You guys probably never listen to music too loud in the kitchen, right? In the kitchen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking, man. I know yeah. I work. I work in a restaurant as well, man. I know exactly how that all goes down, man. Yeah, it's 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 a gong show. It's fun. Um, so that, though, dude. A, oh, it's fun, no doubt. It's, it's a roller coaster in there. It's pretty sweet. Sure. Yeah. So, with conflict resolution, was that? Did you learn that mainly from the kids or with your coworkers that are annoying? Both. <laughs> Um, I, honestly, I find it easier to, now this kind of contradicts what I said earlier, but I find it easier to resolve conflicts between adults than with kids. Mm-hmm. Because when I see kids fighting, I typically want to say, well, knock them out. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to hold that in. So I usually just got to separate the kids. Um, some go on the other side of the building or something, right? Yeah. And, or I just let the higher ups deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let the class teacher deal with it. Let the principal deal with it. Yeah. For me, I just, or if it wasn't a big deal, I just let it slide. Be like, hey, are you guys still upset? 
no, yes, then like either solve it now, say what you need to say, and part ways, or continue yeah. playing. Yeah, I feel like I I don't know if I'm gonna be like the best person to give advice in regards to children at all, but I feel like with children, it's important to, you know, have them kind of understand where boundaries are and where their limitations are in terms of like social cues. Like I think it's important for them to kind of, you know, not fight, but yeah, I think it's important to learn like conflict resolution at a pretty young age. I feel like because Mm -hmm. to one thing, the only thing I could think of when you said it's easier to resolve conflicts with adults is I feel like once you become an adult, a lot of people, I wouldn't say all people, but a lot of people, can start to understand the idea of, okay, like, even if I don't agree with this person, we still both need to, you know, kind of go on with our day. Like we still have lives. We still have, we to still have on. a job to do. Yeah. We're still at work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I, like children want to take it home. Yeah. Children get blinded by their emotions. Right. They're like, no, I'm mm. mad right now. Right. So they're yeah. dealing with it then and there. Like, it's like, no, but I'm mad now. Exactly. So, those, I've heard those words. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that's so, probably the only reason why, man, that, uh, like, cause yeah, I feel like adults are like, yeah, we both need to, you know, kind of, there's a sense of, you know, like we all need to kind of go about our day. We all need to live. We all need to do our thing and be happy. Like you just mm-hmm. kind of go on with your day. I feel like as an adult, I don't know. I do whenever I, that's true. There, there's no doubt people that hold grudges and they'll keep holding on to whatever anger is built inside them, but that becomes a them problem. Yeah. Right. If that's a you problem, that's, that's something you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it on anybody else. Yeah. Right. But yeah. The, the conflict in the moment, as long as you can resolve that or just dissolve it, then that's what matters in the moment. Yeah. So here's like the random question as well. Like since schools just open, like we just went through this whole lockdown quarantine, like what do schools look like right now? Are you seeing like a lot of kids? Is it a ghost town? Is- oh, it's like prison, man. I don't know if you've ever been to prison before, but um, <laughs> no, you walk in, you, you, you got to get your tongue scanned. You got to get your temperature taken. I'm joking. Well, um, I was like, really? Because I no, went to the gym, they scanned, my, they scanned my wrist and they scanned my it, head at the gym. Yeah. Check Jim, that's fair. Yeah, temperature check. That's kind of why I ran with that. Uh, the school is fine. You sign in. Every parent will sign in their kid, and there's a declaration. Uh, do you have any symptoms yeah. related to COVID? Have you been in contact? Stuff like that. And if you say no to everything, then you come into the building. It's a lot more relaxed now than when it first was new, right? Yeah. Um, but there's about a quarter of the kids, opposed to, I think we have around 350 kids now. There's just like less than 100 kids in school. Wow. Is that only it, there two days a week. Does that make it easier or more difficult? Neither. It's a lot more boring, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because you try to find things to kill the time. Like the kids are bored and you're bored. You only have so many activities to do. Yeah. Uh, we've been blessed with the weather this week. So there's been a lot of outside play. Um, no contact sports. So some soccer. Um, pool noodle tag <laughs> stuff like that that's sweet uh, everybody has their own basketball like it's 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 nice but it's really strange at the same time yeah i guess quarter of the kids everyone could have their own basketball man exactly that's sweet yeah. that's sweet man 
What like do you think that you know the kids are reacting negatively? Do you think that they're reacting positively? Do pe do like are are kids kind of the same as adults? How it's like very like polarizing. Like uh, a lot of people are like super. I wouldn't say paranoid, but you know they're still not leaving their house. They're still not comfortable going to work. They're still. I mean, like there's a lot of people that have underlying things, but it's clear to see that there's a lot of people that don't care. Right. And are mm -hmm. kids the same, like, or are they all just kind of oblivious to it? Well, the reason why there's only a quarter of the kids is because those are the ones that don't care as much a or B their parents are essential workers. Right. Right. So they, they need the childcare. Mm -hmm. School is free daycare. In a sense. Think about yeah. It. So there are parents that needed to get back to work and they needed their kids to be somewhere. Um, but you get some other parents that just say, my friend, my son wants to, or my daughter wants to go to school and see their friends. Yeah. Socialize. Uh, regardless of what's going on, but you still got three quarters of the school or of kids that are at home. Right. Yeah. And even teachers, there's some teachers that aren't at school for their needed reasons. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of them are teaching on like the same way that we're communicating right now through zoom. Right. That's right. A lot of Zoom classes on the daily. <laughs> have you participated in any of the Zoom classes? I have. A lot of st all our staff meetings now are on Zoom, which is interesting. It's great. I can avoid it. I just like turn off the video and audio and I do my thing. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's too funny. So, I really hope my coworkers don't watch this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they follow me, so then it's all good. So um... they don't follow either of us. We're good to go beauty man and um what's the, like a zoom class like because i haven't i have no idea what that's even like like I've, it's been depends on the grade so the ones that i've been in have been for grade two three so right. a primary age class um it's, it's just like, like a, a bunch of, it's like a bunch of kids just sitting patiently with their mics muted they're just sitting there in front of a webcam basically that it's kind of like it's like that it's like you get the teacher like, teachers talking and the kids are all listening. I don't know um, why I find that really, funny, man. The kids are having struggles or their parents are having struggles. The one kid that forgets to mute and then the little baby brother is crying in the background. Yeah. It's great. Dude, I can just imagine that. And like how, how funny it would be just to see a bunch of like little like six-year-old kids on like a bunch of webcams with headsets and they're all like muted. Like it's a little professional like conference call. Business meeting, yeah. That's too funny, man. It's kind of crazy, though, how these kids know how to use iPads more than me, though. Yeah. You're like, put your mic on mute. They're like, oh, I'm already listening to what you said in five minutes. And you're like, how? What? Like, I can't even find the mute button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids are crazy, man. It's so funny how even – I wouldn't say, like, I'm ignorant to a lot of things in terms of technology, but there is so many things that, you know – I'm like, whoa, how'd you figure out how to do that? And people are like, oh, yeah, it's simple. You just do this. Like, how did you get to that? Yeah, yeah, no kidding, man. What is this? That's so sick, dude. So, what, like, where, where do you see, like, kind of, like, the next step for, with 604 Decor? Like, where, where do you see, like, the next step for yourself there? Getting back to that. Kind of what I'm in the process of doing right now. What's great is next, starting next week is summer vacation. So I do get two months off of work from the school. Nice. Which allows me to 
have some vacation time, but also some business building time. Um, I'm not 100% sure where I want it to go. I, I do, I would like to make it full time. There are some hurdles that I have to climb over, but, and also just inventory in general or just what I do. I think mm. I'm like changing at some point. Um, nice, man. Yeah, it's kind of abstract and in the air right now where it's going to go. That's kind of the best way to have it sometimes because then it can be a little bit more versatile, right? Yeah, it's it's hit and miss. It could be it could be a good thing or a bad thing because I just can't make up my mind. Yeah, sometimes you but, gotta think less and do more, man. That's what Adrian Young told me last week. Oh yeah, deal. Oh, I'll, I'm gonna keep that one noted. Think less and do more, man. All right, well, I uh, I got stuff I gotta I gotta prep up, man, for this weekend. I'll be a hundred percent honest. So I'm gonna no let worries. you go. I'm gonna let you go pretty quick. But that All being right. said. I have a requirement for every single person that I speak with, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, man. Uh, as we do the outro, I want you to do well, like you could do just like kind of a, a little like plug for your Instagram. Tell people again, one more time where they can find you, what they'll see, what you're all about. But before we end it off, I need you to share a positive message for everybody. Give give a little bit of joy. Could be, it could be anything. I'm not going to say anything, but just spread some joy and spread some positivity, man. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me to do a dance or something. No, you could dance. You could do that. But I'm I mean, not you, dancing. You still need to. You <laughs> still need to say a positive thing, man. Something positive. I can't use think less, do more. No, I already said. No. Really did put me on the spot here, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll stall, man. I'll talk about how awesome you are. If you guys need custom furniture, whether it's a bookshelf, whether it's a new bed. All right, I got it. I just got moved it. into a I new place. It. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, it's kind of similar. It relates to what I talked about before, but one piece of advice to give to anybody is if, and this relates to a lot of current events right now. I feel like this is really helpful. If you see somebody who doesn't have a voice, whether like I'm not, I don't mean like they physically cannot talk or they do not have a voice do your best to be the voice for them that's beautiful man that's absolutely beautiful actually i love that dude because there's a lot of times where people are struggling and like you said they don't have a voice doesn't mean that they don't like they can't like just physically speak maybe they they're not in a position to be heard maybe they are you know unable to speak up about their problems because they're not aware of which problem they should talk about or tackle first. And there's so many different things. And yeah, I agree completely, man. Be the voice for the people that have no voice and, and you know, like reach out for the people that, you know, you can see are struggling because if you can see someone struggling, then it's pretty bad already. In my opinion. Yeah. If you see it, that means they've already passed the point of a way that they can handle. 100% man it's a beautiful way to end it off man thank you so much Mosaine everybody 604 decor hit them up for some fresh furniture and reduce, reduce the carbon footprint man thank, thank you, you so everyone much, thanks brother. Mark much love